A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Agnes Rudd. I'm listening to the dulcet tones of my next-door neighbor who is a professional saxophonist i think just he like practices all day and it's actually really nice that's nice it's really like having a little kenny g right out my window yeah wait doesn't kenny g play um oh yeah he does play the saxophone right yeah he plays like the i think i don't know i'm not a good enough music scholar to know what type of saxophone this guy's playing but i think it sounds a little different than the kenny g it's like a I, I i assume he's playing i haven't seen it i assume he's playing like the the classic you know bill clinton style oh, yeah. saxophone um we watched a good documentary about kenny g like a couple of years ago oh yeah i saw that it was it was good it was interesting uh interesting he's an interesting man he is like it because he's so um ambitious commercially oh my god i just saw a pigeon shit right next door out of my window <laughs> he's, he's sitting on a, a satellite dish at my next door neighbor's on top of my next door neighbor's house and then he just took a shit and then he flew um, off what a king oh, yeah yeah, yeah uh but yeah kenichi so like he was like i want to be like a huge star and he's like and he just made it happen yeah. I can't talk about it. I can't talk about having a good career right now. It's it's like, it'll kill me. The only person with a career that I want to talk about is Gwen. You know what? I think part of the reason I'm so fixated on her and like love her so much is like, I never stood a chance. Like I was never going to be Gwyneth Paltrow. It's not even like a looks thing or a talent thing or anything. It's like the nepotism kind of makes it easier to swallow. I would hate her more if she was like, I went to high school with her. Oh, if I went to high school with her, I would hate her so much. I can't even imagine. It would be, I couldn't function. If I went to high school with someone as, oh my God, as successful as her. Yeah, I would just kill myself. 
but I did go to high school with some like beautiful, successful in show business. Yeah, you went to high school in LA, so I feel like there's it's like a different. I get like excited, and I'm like, oh my god! Oh, that's good. But if it was Gwyneth Paltrow, they're not Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, no, no. I mean, they're so if they were, maybe I would feel differently. I don't know. Uh, there was a probably one of the worst editorials I've ever read published this week about Gwyneth Paltrow and her nepotism. Tell me. It was in Forbes magazine. Wow. This is the state of my Google alerts on Gwyneth. Um, it was a guy. His name is John Tammy. Okay. And he looks like sort of like um like a D-list Tucker Carlson type. I mean, I can't even imagine that because Tucker Carlson already looks so washed up and fucked up. This guy looks like yeah, like pokey sort of pokey. Like um like a little bloated, like sort of, you know, good looking in a traditional sense, but like bloated. Like an alcoholic. Yeah, bloated. Okay. Um like Wall Street guy. Yeah, okay. And I don't know why this I was like cuz I usually have my Google alerts of being like, you know, what articles have people published about Gwyneth in the past week? Yeah. And I saw this and the title of the editorial said Contra Gwyneth Paltrow's spoiled critics. There are no Nepo stars. And I'm like this what? Nepo baby conversation is something that was had like a year or two ago. I was like what purpose was this editorial why was it published in january of 2024 it seemed like very behind the curb curve hey brain i really have a terrible degenerative neurological i I literally i i will be in the middle of a sentence and forget what i was about to say i i'm terrified and i don't want to find out what was wrong with me no it's god yeah i don't know what's going on uh so this guy, he starts off by talking about the documentary 20 Feet from Stardom. Did you watch this? It sounds familiar. What is it about? It was about backup singers. It was like a good documentary about oh, yeah. the lives of backup singers, blah, blah, blah. Um, so he says, it's worth repeating again that those 20 feet from stardom are an extraordinary, are extraordinarily talented. That they are, the, the writing on it, like, it's going to sound like I have Alzheimer's, but I promise that, like, this is how bad the writing is. I'm just okay, saying I it verbatim. That they are speaks to what was arguably the most interesting aspect of the documentary. Those who perform behind the lead singer are frequently as talented or more talented than the individual they're backing up. Yet they perform away from the center because they lack the essential charisma required to be the front man or woman. This is worth thinking about with movie star and entrepreneur Gwyneth Paltrow top of mind. Like what? No one should have Gwyneth Paltrow top of mind except for you and me. That's right. And all you, our listeners. And yes, and our listeners. And this guy I don't think listens. No. Uh, as most know, Paltrow is the daughter of the late great television producer Bruce Paltrow, the White Shadow, St. Elsewhere, etc., and actress Blythe Danner. For her parents alone, Paltrow is entertainment royalty, at which point her ex-husband, with whom she has two children is Coldplay frontman Chris Martin. That's not a sentence. No one is proofreading this guy. In a recent interview, again, wrong. This interview was like 50,000 years ago. 
Paltrow contended that the quote-unquote Nepo baby characterization that some might apply to her and perhaps eventually to her kids is an ugly moniker. She's oh, more than right. Again. This again. Yeah, we're, we're rehashing. And yeah. so this guy just goes on and he's he's just like defending her against her critics. I don't know. Well, it makes he's sense. defending her. Well, he's defending. No, I, well, I'm not like... <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, why, like, why are we talking about this now? And why is this in Forbes magazine? Uh, though it's certainly true, and Paltrow presumably wouldn't deny it, that the children of stars have access to entertainment decision makers that typical wannabe actor or actress initially. Wow. Decision makers that the typical wannabe actor and actress initially does not. It's no insight to say that Hollywood is an incredibly quantitative industry defined by a relentless pursuit of profits applied to Paltrow. If she lacked that certain something in the charisma sense that actors and actresses must have her parents, professional successes and connections born of those successes wouldn't have meant anything. I'm sorry. I mean, Excuse me. Basically saying like you don't, you do get a foot in the door, but like, unless you have some inherent star, star quality, you're not, your career is not going to last. And I agree in That's theory. That's true. I agree with that. I think, and we've seen people even become extremely successful and then completely crash and burn. I mean, just because you have a famous parent, I'm talking about Max Landis, obviously, but I, <laughs> <laughs> my, my deepest obsession, but um, just because you have a famous and success, successful parent doesn't mean that you'll be able to like execute once you get your foot in the door and like, like maintain a career for as long as she has, like the she's, there are a lot of children of celebrities who are nowhere near as successful as she is. And she's more probably successful than her sorry, Blythe mother, at least. Oh yeah. Probably no. father too. No, I agree with everything you're saying. I just, I'm just questioning like why like no one is talking about this and like what like why was this in Forbes magazine this week? That's that's the only thing I'm questioning. Well, because Forbes, I don't know. I think they're just like, you know, she a tool of the was... status quo. Well, also Gwyneth, you know, I don't know. I feel like they're coming to her defense. She probably had a meeting there or something. She like there's there's she's very she's so businessy yeah she's so from like one onto entrepreneur to another wait i have a question her. about Gwyneth because i have an embarrassing admission kind of but have you seen um the james gray film two lovers you know what i'm gonna share your embarrassing admission i obviously love gwyneth paltrow i really love james gray and i have never seen that movie okay i'll do you one better i had never heard of that movie Oh, with walking. I've heard of it. And I remember it coming out and it was like before we had started the podcast. So I was sort of. Yeah, it was in 2008. Yeah. Gwyneth wasn't top of mind at that moment. And so I just, I I just missed it. Yeah. But it's on the Criterion channel and I'm like, what? This is a dark romantic New York drama with Gwyneth Paltrow and Joaquin Phoenix. And I think it's supposed to be like, she's rich and he's from the wrong side of the tracks or something. Mm. We got to see it. I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely watching that. And I think that you guys should all watch it too. If you haven't seen it. Uh, It was sort of like her last sort of serious movie before she started just being like goop and pepper pots. I I was shocked when I saw her. I was like, Gwyneth? Because I just Uh, didn't even, I don't know. I saw her on the 
on the homepage. And I was like, what is this? Gwyneth on Criterion? Um, so then this guy, this guy, basically his argument then becomes because we are Americans, we are all Nepo babies. So this is sort of like what you were saying earlier before we got on the the mic. I didn't, I don't think so. As Americans, we're born on second base as is for being born, born into the world's language. The language we come to now, this guy's obviously English is not his first language. The language we come to naturally is what the ambitious, the world over work feverishly to learn in order to fulfill their ambitions. Say that three times fast. After that, when you're born in the United States, you're the inheritor of a stagger of the staggering fruits of wealth created by those before you. Um, In short, we're all Nepo babies for having been born American. Well, Uh, that's obviously stupid um uh this should be kept well in mind the next time some unwittingly fortunate critic chooses to shrink the achievements of those whose only fault might be that talented people chose to have children and then his little cokehead picture i feel like i'm kind of of two minds about it i i don't like that the phrase nepo baby has kind of and kind of become like a cultural touch point to the so that it kind of distracts from the eternal question of like the legitimacy of nepotism which is not a new thing and that's not like a buzzword thing but if you call it if you call someone a nepo baby well that's like a fun thing they can make it a t-shirt we can be like is Gwyneth Paltrow bad but like nepotism is something worthy of examining and like it's irritating to like that it's like turned into like cultural this like cultural shorthand thing that's like passe to discuss or whatever um when it's like never really it's never it's always a good time to talk about nepotism but um also I love Gwyneth Paltrow and I just said I like I really do think to an extent then her like nepotism and like the inherent inequality of it is almost comforting because it's like I know my place. Yeah, well, it's like the, how the British love the royal family. It's, it's comforting. Brits, I yeah, and hate them, you know, because it's like they'll they're literally when I went to, um, I was like with my dad and we went to some like old castle in Northumberland, and it there was a sign like like modern, like from maybe the forties or something that was like when going when like the servants would like on the way down to like the servants quarters and it just said know your place painted above their stairwell it's like they walked down and we were both like that's us that's for us know your place because we know like we're trash like we're not like as lord said we'll never be royals and like um well, and it's know, comforting to have an excuse for your own lack of success when you yeah, say, well, like, I was just born unlucky. I'm never I was gonna, born unlucky. You know. I have like a naturally like dumb loser genes and like I'll just be a piece of shit forever. Um, but on the other hand, I think that there is um being born into that world gives you a lot like 
yes, you do need a certain amount of like actual talent to sustain it. But when he, when he said that totally weird sentence about the world's language or something, there is also like a language of, there's like a class language, like that people speak, like an unspoken language that like tells you what class somebody comes from. And you can tell even, I think that there are differences between like rich people and like upper middle class people and middle class people and lower middle. Like, I think there are cultural differences between all of those groups and just knowing how to behave as, as if you are an elite will is such a, is such an immense privilege. And it doesn't have anything to do with like your, you know, God-given talents. And it's, it's also fair to be like, fuck that. That's not fair. You know, I think that's okay too. And you can carry both of those feelings. You don't have to hate everyone just because their parents were successful, but you don't have to just be like, you don't, you don't have to like rush to their defenses either every time, except for I do defend Gwyneth Paltrow obviously every time because I love her, but I won't do it for everyone. Yeah. Like I think in America, well, cause in Britain, it seems like there's um, it's like the way you talk, like that literal accent you have is like so determinative and like people can like pick apart class differences based on the way that you actually sound. Yeah. Whereas in America, it does feel like a little more situational, like, cause people, um people also act like they're slumming it like people especially when you're like in your 20s people love to be like we're poor and I struggled and da, da, da. And then it's like no you were not poor you did not struggle this is bullshit yeah because you all you well you're always uh I mean basically you are always like socializing unless you there's like an extreme example your social your social circle is usually pretty like specific to your class like as far as you know education and i mean money like everything so it all is relative i guess but yeah there is like especially when you're young there's a you know a cachet to to sort of pretend that you're in more dire straits than you are and then the opposite i think if you do come from a working class background there's like cultural cachet and pretending to be uh or not pretend but like to you know to learning how to uh to not stick out in situation your way out of it to ripley yeah ripley and reverse ripley and also like um yeah, and also, but like in reality, the cultural cachet is what the people have money. Yeah, yeah, money is um, softens all all blows. And uh, that's just how it goes. <laughs> I don't know those are the crumbles, I guess. But um, yeah, um, the the nepotism thing it's not it's worth it's just worth like being aware of it I guess and then when those people get in the door and they get arrogant and then they start being cocky and then they fuck up and their careers come crashing down we love that too which is also sickness I mean like that's also really disgusting I I always I used to hate that and then now I like it which really makes me sad about the state of my life because 
it's like with all of that, like the thing of like building up idols and then enjoying as we're tearing them down. The problem with it has always been on for society, not for like the rich person who's getting humiliated by the public. But it's the problem is that if you participate in that behavior, you're planting yourself on the outside of success. Like you're planting yourself out of there. And, and that's why I think that engaging in that stuff too hard is really bad for you. Like spiritually. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, having an emotional attachment, well, just in general to celebrity culture, like, and this is maybe a, a poor example, but the, um, the Oscar nominations came out this week and like people were so uh, incensed that Barbie didn't get what, like best actress and best director or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, first of all, maybe I'm just a bit of like a little like Oscar snob. Cause I've been following it for so long, but I'm like, this happens every, like wh- this is not a special occurrence. Like these big bo- blockbusters never or rarely do as well as some people think that they're going to do and then getting sort of perturbed on whatever Greta Gerwig or Margot Robbie's behalf is uh just seems like they don't care about you so why do you care about them yeah I was like going through that morning going through the list of the nominees and it was fun and I got to vent about the qu- I didn't realize that they came out and then someone texted and was like, who are your snubs that you're mad about? And then I was like, okay. So that was the like lens I was looking, I was like scrolling through. I was like, who got snubbed? That was how I was reading it with that in like the front mm. of my mind. Um, And of course, like my biggest disappointment was Natalie Portman. I thought her performance in May, December, I mean, Julianne Moore too. And Charles Melton, none, none of the three of them Portman, got nominated. Like, gave this like I'm like a totally different. I thought her performance was incredible, but yeah. um, but um, and I noticed that when I read it, I thought that that's interesting that this movie um was nominated for Best Picture, and it's kind of you're talking different. about Barbie now. Yeah, Barbie yeah. was like kind of defined by those two people, you know, Greta Ger- they 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 conceived it and produced it and and made it like what they wanted. But I'm not like enraged about it and I feel like they got the nomination that they sort of deserve for it because they're all they are nominated for best picture and it probably will not win and I don't really necessarily think it should win but I like I noticed it yeah yeah well I think like all those nominations I mean first of all picture you know has 10 and actor and actress and director only have five so it's like not everyone that's nominated for one can be nominated for the other and then it's so determined by narrative uh and I think the sort of Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig are they're so successful that it's hard to create a narrative that's going to make people go out of their way to like vote for them as opposed to Lily Gladstone or, 
you know, even like the director of like Anatomy of a Fall, who's like this, you know, German up and coming director who like isn't as famous. So it's 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 just like, uh, I mean, this happens, you know, as I'm reading about the 1999 Oscars with Harvey Weinstein and Gwyneth Paltrow and Shakespeare in Love versus Saving Private Ryan. It's all about narrative and they didn't have a strong one personally for their categories. Well, has Greta Gerwig won Best Director? No, I don't think she's won anything. I think she's she was not. She's been nominated for screenplay a few times, and uh, I think she was nominated once for Best Director for Little Women. But um, she's I don't think she's I don't think she's won an Oscar, and she's only been nominated for Director once, I believe. But her movies get nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, Lady Bird was nominated, Little Women was nominated, and Barbie was nominated. So every movie she's ever made, no, Frances Ha. Did she make Frances Ha? She co-wrote it, but she didn't direct it. That was Noah. Are those the only, those are the only films that she's directed? I think there's like one old like mumblecore movie that she co-directed back in like 2006. But yeah, basically those are the three movies that she's directed. I think there's something to be said for a person who has made three movies that have all been nominated for Best Picture and has never been and, ha- and isn't being nominated for Best Director. That's the narrative. That's why next time I'm sure she will be nominated. But I also I don't really think the Oscars are like that important. And I feel except for like for how much people get paid the next year or the next like few years, maybe. Yeah. Um. But I don't think I mean. I don't think that they're like a reflect. I I think quantifying the stuff is like so silly anyway. No, they're just a reflection of Hollywood's whatever, like the industry feels like rewarding that year. It obviously has no objective value of of quality or anything. Yeah, so it's just like whatever. I don't know. I mean, I. Who do you think is going to win Best Director? Oh, I think nolan has it sewn up for director and picture i think it's going to be yeah. one of the most boring years i think there's like no there's not going to be any sort of suspense it's yeah just, it's i gonna, think Oppenheim, yeah. i definitely for best picture i whatever i mean no fine. yeah no i'll still watch it uh but there's yeah i don't know that there's going to be like a big race this year for any of the big categories between like i feel like they're all pretty set in stone at this point so I think so too. Um, but I thought that um, I liked the movies that were nominated. I yeah, I liked almost all of the movies uh, that were nominated for best picture. I still have to see Anatomy of a Fall. I still have to see, and I think there's one other one I haven't seen yet, but I'm not sure. Let me look. We I just finally saw. Um, the zone of interest last night oh yeah what'd you think um i thought it was good not my favorite holocaust movie of the year but pretty good Ooh, what's your favorite holocaust movie of the year occupied city of course oh of course god i still haven't seen that um i thought that was like very more impactful but i thought that um oh i thought let's see um i wasn't crazy about american fiction me neither. That's the one that I really didn't like. Um, I love the holdovers. 
I thought Oppenheimer was okay. I thought it was way too long. Oh, I haven't seen Maestro. That's the other one I have to oh, see. Yeah. Oh, I haven't I, seen Past Lives. I haven't seen a bunch of them. Uh, I like too many. I'm. I've. Yeah. I just need to watch. Um, I have a lot of like the international and the documentaries and stuff that I need to watch. But I think I've watched all the Best Picture noms. Yeah. Uh. Well, we have you know what six weeks till the Oscars to fill in the blanks. Yeah, I'll see them. I mean, oh God, the one that I like don't want to watch that feels like homework is Maestro. I, I know I should watch it. You know, I I liked it fine because I watched it like right when it came out. And then I think when it hit Netflix, it there was such a backlash and people seemed to really hate it. So now I find myself like defending it, even though I don't think it's a great movie. But I'm like, why do you hate it so much? I get that. Ryan loved it. I thought it was. I'm sure I'll like it. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was good. The, yeah, the only one out of those best picture ones that I really didn't like was American Fiction. But yeah, I was just a flabby, flabby satire, and you could tell that the the book that it was written or it was based on was came out like 20 years ago, and it's like, oh yeah, this makes sense it like feels, 20 years ago. Yeah. It feels very like yeah, like McSweeney, like 2003 McSweeney's kind mm -hmm. of thing. And the family drama stuff was like, really? Yeah, it had these Random? like wild tonal shit. Yeah, I don't know. Thought. Yeah, I didn't get it. I but was... people, people love it. People love it. I know. So that's good. Um. Uh, what else? Oh, poor Marianne only got four percent of the New Hampshire primary, even though Biden <laughs> wasn't even on the ballot. I'm over Marianne. I really she really did not do a good job with this campaign um it's really well, she's not really trying i don't know what she's trying to do i don't either but i feel like because i feel like she's sort of like half given up and half still invested like i think she i don't think she's really i think she's just kind of pretending to run for fun. yeah because she's she's not going to run third party i know that because she's not she's not a jill stein and then she's not going to endorse Biden until also, maybe the end. I don't know. Wait, Jill Stein, I think, is also running again. Yeah, but the Green Party won't even like let her run. So she's like doing some other like in like something else. And then I think Cornell West is doing Green Party maybe or something. I cannot keep oh. track. Uh, regardless, I'm still going to vote Marianne for the primary and then the general. You know, my you know. I'm not gonna do it because it's too late and I don't want to ever, but I have this like fantasy of becoming of switching to Republican and voting for Nikki Haley just to like not vote for Trump, but I think it's already too late. Hey, and I yeah. don't think it would do anything. No. And well, yeah, if Nikki Haley did somehow get the nomination, I think she would beat biden handily but she's not gonna get the nomination so um i'm i don't want to be like this but we said it before i just like so terrified of trump winning i literally i cannot stand trump and i cannot stand like i like him like a neutered old joke but i don't like him for real and i need like i the I hate what he does to the people in this country when he is the president. Like he makes people act in America even worse and like bigger pieces of shit than they already are. Yeah. He like gives everyone license to be the biggest asshole in the world. 
I don't disagree with you. I wish I could muster up some emotion. Um, but like I was telling you before we started recording, I, uh, have no emotion left. And so, um, I just think if you could possibly, I mean, I, I'm exhausted, but I'm still mad. Yeah. We say this every year, but this year I literally think if he wins, we're going to leave the country. Oh yeah. I mean, because you, you can't, you, you have um little British. But the problem is I would just move to the UK and then, you know, whatever the U S does, the UK just does that the exact same thing a year later. So you can't escape it. Can't escape it. I do like, I mean, I, I agree with you. Everything you said about Trump, I do think he was really funny when he um, insulted Nikki Haley's dress. Oh, what did he say? He just, it was just a throwaway line. Cause she, he was like, she, you know, wasn't um, her speech. She didn't sort of sound like she was defeated. And so he was pissed off that she wasn't like, kissing his ring. And mm-hmm. so he said, you know, something like, oh, and she came out in this fancy dress that actually wasn't that fancy. <laughs> she was he's such a bitch. It's like, because I guess her dress only costs like $500. <laughs> Just little throwaway lines. But yeah. I 100% agree with you. He's a horrible person. He should not be president. So let me, I'll be, I'll, you know, be on the record about that. Uh, okay. Fuck. We're rambling again. We got to do, we got to do a receipt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, quickly before receipt, just Gwyneth was in f- Paris for the Armani Privé fashion show, sitting between, I think, next to like Glenn Close and Juliette Binoche. Very cool, I guess. Oh, yeah, no, I saw that. Oh, my God. She looked, I, I was like, this is what I want. This is Gwen. This is the real Gwyneth. Inaccessible, rich, fancy, elite, exclusive. Intimidating. What drugs do people take when they go to Paris for 48 hours? I would get jet lag and then I would be home and get jet lag again. It just seems like so not worth it for me to go to Paris for 48 hours for any reason. But well, she probably like flies private and like sleeps on a plane. I can't sleep on a plane, but maybe if I flew private, I could sleep. (laughs) I'm sure she can sleep. I once I'm took sure, an like, Ambien. It's probably like unimaginable luxury that I that, know, that I can't you, even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I took an Ambien on the way to Spain once and I couldn't sleep. And it was like the most torturous experience of my life to like be on oh Ambien God. and not being able to sleep. Um, yeah. But she looked, she looked great in her little Armani pantsuit. Yeah, she did. She looked really good. Um. All right. Anything else before we start the receipt? No, but I tell me about the receipt though. This was a uh, this is a pretty good one. Just okay. it was sort of a um a different vibe because this woman is works production on a it says a premium cable documentary series. Okay. So instead of being in one city the whole week, she's she's they're shooting in lots of different cities. So she's basically traveling and like going to different cities. Interesting. Uh, I wonder if someone could figure out. Yeah, I was trying to figure out. We'll see see if anyone can figure this out. I I don't think the clues are like specific enough to really figure it out, but I'm like, what? So they were in Chicago, Miami, and New York before going back to LA. 
I mean, that's too broad. It's too broad. I was like, Queer Eye? I was like, or but Queer Eye goes to like small towns. I was like, what? I don't even know what document. And you're not like a housewives because you're in all these different cities. And then I, I, other than those, I like literally couldn't think of another show. So I don't know. I can't think of one either. Um. All right. So she makes 4000 a week while she's for this job. But, you know, she's a freelancer, a freelance TV producer, 35 years old. Um, so some years she makes more than others, but luckily for her, her husband is a consultant that makes $300,000 a year. So I would be fucking sitting on the bed eating bonbons all day. I don't really understand why anyone wants to work if they don't have to. No, but that's just me. Um, let's see. Especially like that kind of job. I know. Cause she says she's working like, you know, it's like. 12 to 16 hour days like tv production it just it it, it is like it's like so, so hard stressful. and so thankless and stressful yeah um so they have two hundred thousand dollars in savings a nine thousand dollar mortgage which that like gave me a heart attack just thinking about a nine thousand dollar that's mortgage. so much money it's i know so crazy even for la that seems crazy that's but... a lot uh car payment 800 again what car i mean i guess you're leasing like it's a fancy obvi- something these people have to te- definitely have a tesla yeah 800 car payment uh a gardener 200 dollars. all these subscriptions including aura ring 170 dollars. so she's spending ten thousand dollars a month just on basically like, like before yeah before food or anything then she says she's a ov- ovo lacto vegetarian since she was five. Um, so she eats dairy and eggs. Um, she says my whole family I eats meat. Think it's I'm just so a- annoying when people say they're ovo lacto vegetarians. No offense if you do. It's like I feel like you can just say vegetarian. Isn't that what that means already? Otherwise, you're vegan. Exactly. Yeah. It's like I don't care about. It. I mean, I do in the context of reading the receipt, but like in normal life, I don't care about every fucking thing you put in your mouth. Yeah. If you say vegetarian, I'm assuming cheese, eggs. Otherwise, you'd say vegan. Like, we have words for it. Why? Yeah. Uh, do, do, do. So then, oh, so yeah, obviously, she's traveling for work. So they get, um, because of union rules, they get a meal every six hours. Um, they can spend 25 to 30 per meal. And then when they aren't in their home city, they get a $50 meal per diem. Uh, plus, obviously, craft services or as she says crafty because she's in the biz right um what are the grocery store staples you always buy salad greens onions ginger feta tortillas roti rice bananas apples crunchy peanut butter tofu lemons limes yogurt mary's gone crackers soda stream refills and blue bottle coffees nola concentrate and oh this made me jealous because I fucking, I did this to myself. I ruined, ruined my life. But okay. she is a proud member of the Rancho Gordo Bean Club. Oh, you left and now you can't get back I, in. I canceled my membership and then I regretted it. And I had to go back on the wait list. And I haven't, I, re- I haven't received nary an email from them after two years. And I, wow. I had, but I had so many beans in my cupboard that I was never going to make. So it's probably for the best. And yeah, you don't need that. You don't need those beans. So it's either like too many beans or not enough beans. And I could go on the website, right? It's not like you can't buy the beans a la carte. Like you don't like, but I don't. And so I really shouldn't be in this bean club. (laughs) I don't understand. So you're mad that you're not in the bean club, but you could still buy the beans. 
Yeah. So the bean club, it's just a quarterly delivery of beans and you get these like special beans that aren't that like, they're like super heirloom. They're, they're sometimes not the ones that are available on the regular website. Yeah. It's just a matter of, I was, I had it and I lost it. And you now I want, I gave it up. I gave it up. Cause I, I mean, I, I mean, I had dozens and dozens of pounds of beans in my cupboard. So, you know. How long did it take you to go through them after you canceled your subscription? Uh, I think I, I finished them within a year after canceling. Um, but if I didn't cancel, I would have had 20 more. Because you get, I think, five pounds every three months. So I would have had 20 more pounds of beans. <laughs> and then once you're in, you're just in forever. You're in unless you cancel. And then if you cancel you're fucked so but it's like it's just such a status symbol like and she she's rubs it in it's not though it's not it's really not it's i mean it is maybe for some people but for other people it's not and also like you know i live i'm privileged to live in a neighborhood with a shoppy shop even though we'll see how long that lasts um yeah. and they sell like they literally sell rancho gordo gordo i could drive two minutes and get rancho gordo beans if i want but and you're I, buying I it yeah, but you it's know, not. You don't part want to be. You want them. You want to be on the list. And what do they have at Wine and Eggs? They have fucking garbanzos. They have black beans. They have pinto beans. I. They don't. I want beans that are colors that I never see in nature. I want beans that have names that I don't recognize. I want beans that I have no idea how long to cook. And that's what you get with the the club. Uh. Uh. Well. I hope I'm sure that you'll eventually get back on the list. I mean, get back in it. Right. I think it's so they're so it's so popular now that I think I think they're just humoring me by even receiving my emails. I don't I, I feel like because it's been like three years since I tried to get back in. And if they haven't contacted me in these three years, I think they're not going to contact me. Well, you never know. You never know. It could be. But then once I get that email, I don't even think I'll join. Because if I join, I know that I can't cancel again. And, you know, what are you going to do with these beans? Nothing. I don't even like beans that much. <sighs> she also belongs to a CSA that she picks up from someone's house in Highland Park named Stormy. Okay. And the CSA is $35 a box. And she says that Stormy is, like, very eccentric and doesn't even, like, put like spinach in bags so it's just like loose like random spinach leaves oh my god okay i <laughs> uh let's see Sounds and then nuts. she so okay so the weeks so so she's on the road so she spends 429 dollars for the week in food which if you're on the road i mean it's like sort of a lot but it's not crazy at all if you're not cooking at all no i guess not and she's getting most of it paid for from work yeah so so she starts on monday she wakes up in madison wisconsin uh and she went the night before she had gone to a lou Melanti's, the chicago style pizza chain in madison Lou, Lou, wait you said that wrong but now i can't think of how wait, wait it says malnati's is the way it's, no it's... Lou. 
I, it does the way you said it sounded wrong, but now I literally can't think of it. It's I'm like so, Luminati, Luminati, Illuminati's. Uh, I'm sounding it out. No, that's how it. Maybe that is. Maybe it's Lu- just Luminati. I guess Luminati. Yeah, I think I I probably emphasized. I was speaking. It's just the way you said it, it sounded so insane. But I'm not a Chicagoan. But I, I guess that's how it. I guess that's how it is supposed to sound. I think that this was the good one, actually. Oh, in Madison, that's like the one that's supposed to be good. Well, I think it's in. Isn't it? In, I think it's a chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she. But she was at the one in Madison. Yeah. No, not the one in Madison. I mean, I think like because like some of them are, like Gino's East was like that one's bad. Mm. But I think this one was good. I've been to Luminati's in um in Chicago. It was very good. But this was, you know. Yeah. I like I like any I anything that's deep dish filled with cheese and garbage, I like. So I once in a while it's nice. It's just annoying when the only pizza you can get is either that or like their like tavern style party squares and you can't get like a regular pizza. Regular size, yeah. Uh so in Madison, she gets a tofu scramble at a place called marigold kitchen uh then that night she goes to another place called forage kitchen and she gets a boring kale bowl that she she says it is indeed healthy and light but the kale could really use a massage oh i hate that i hate when you get fibrous kale i know it's disgusting Maybe in Madison they haven't figured out how to massage kale yet. It's still, it's behind the times. Maybe I don't know. And then, oh, and then they're in you know a mid-range city. So guess what people like to do in those mid-range cities? A little craft beer spot. Oh, of course. Called. I Can- thought you were going to say go to the Cheesecake Factory. Go to, um, I wish. <laughs> uh, no, this place is called Camp Tripolindi. Okay. And it's an 80s themed 80s camp themed burger and craft beer spot with tableside s'mores. And okay. she hates she hates it. She absolutely hates it. Oh, okay. That's fun. She orders it's called a Wisconsin Whopper, but she substitutes because she's a vegetarian, so she substitutes a bean a bean burger. And then she says, ultimately, our food arrives lukewarm at best. The fries are cold. The bean burgers seem like they've been reheated from frozen. I didn't love it and only ate a few bites of my veggie burger. I'm grateful for that 4 p.m. kale salad. Oh, wow. And then she says the s'mores kit comes in plastic baggies with only three marshmallows for four people. Uh, I've never seen anyone really destroy a restaurant. (laughs) Well, except for that one woman who remember that woman who like went out to a restaurant with like she kept going out to dinner with her dad and being like, My parents made me go to this I shitty place. <laughs> was that the Eugene lady? I can't remember. I think so. I think yeah. she was that the same woman who then like got like blackout drunk and she like had like 12 cocktails in a day. Yeah, the one that was like stumbling down the road, like going from like Mom, like, like her was, friends yeah. bar like she was like friends with everyone who like owned every bar and she's like and i had to go in here and i had to go in there yeah that's disgusting yeah although i do think she might have been like playing it up because she wanted to like 
highlight everyone. I, I I feel like all these people are playing it up and I would do the same. Yeah. Uh, so the next day they go back to Chicago and she gets a melanzana pizza with fresh mozzarella. What's that? I think melanzana is eggplant, right? I don't know why she doesn't just say eggplant. Oh, because she's fancy. She's fancy, yeah. Um, oh, and then she says she gets a smart water, but at home I wouldn't be caught dead with a disposable water bottle. But on the road, let's shed a single tear from my carbon footprint. I drink. Never mind. I don't want anyone. <laughs> you know, you're getting canceled. I get. Uh, okay, New York, whatever. They're like, it's the best tap water. I don't think my building. No, the water here. I think the pipes are rusted or something. The water tastes like shit. Oh, really? Because the tap water in New York is like a million times better than the tap water in LA. It literally tastes so bad in my building. The the that's what they always say. But like, I put it in the filter. It still tastes like shit. It's just bad. So I buy my water in plastic. Well, you can't buy it in glass. Uh, I mean, you can if you do. I guess I could if I want to. Whole Foods or something, but I can't afford it. I go to the, you know. So you don't drink any water out of the faucet? Only if it's like I have to. Wow. I mean, I it's... just like, I really don't like how it tastes. I would get a different water filter. It can't be it's, the water. Filter. It's like, it's the water. Oh, weird. I, well, I really want to try it now. Next time I'm. I literally think the pipes are rusted. Or it may, it might be, yeah. Really bad. Ugh. Uh, I'm just afraid of all those fucking microplastics in. I know, but it's like, I can't drink it. You can't, I yeah. Can't. You need to drink. And it's like water. the microplastic, the, the game is over with the microplastics. Like there is nothing that you or I can do about no, it. I know. I know. It's in our clothes. It's in our food. It's everywhere. It's like, that's it. Uh, so then she's at the airport. She gets some nuts uh oh her start she the pa gets her starbucks order which is a london fog with two percent milk and one pump of vanilla plus that sounds nice it does sound nice i like a london fog me too and a london fog at starbucks is nice because you can get the sugar-free vanilla which you can't you get, get the sugar-free vanilla in it. but she doesn't she gets regular vanilla and then she gets oatmeal with nuts and brown sugar um and then they fly to louisville kentucky have you ever been to Louisville? No. I went once. It was I really liked it. I really like that city. Mm. Uh she gets she goes to a place called Taco Luchador. Um and she gets a classic bowl with veggies, rice, refried beans, pico de gallo, slaw, and maduros, and that a topo chico. Does sound good. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And then this is smart. If you're ordering, so if you get like a per diem for your whole team, then she orders all these things for the table and then it doesn't like she can split it with, she. it doesn't come out of her per diem. So she gets queso, she gets guac, she gets queso fries and extra plantains for the table. Oh, just to like make them pay for it. Yeah, just because she's like, I, if I want to try an appetizer, I just order it for the table and then... It doesn't just come out of my per diem. Okay. I mean, that's just her little trick. That's, yeah, that's nice. For her subordinates? Uh, I guess it's not just, I think it's like for, I don't know, it's whatever team, she, it's very vague as to what her actual job is. Okay. So she's a producer, so I don't know, you know, exactly what she's doing. Uh, And then she took another, she, I guess, had that old pizza from madison she or from chicago she took it on the plane because that night she's heating it up and eating it again uh and then wednesday they fly to miami so let's see oh she's a layover in houston and she says i assemble a snacky lunch I don't want to be associated with the girl dinner discourse. So I'm calling this a snacky lunch. Okay. It's like baby bell, lesser evil popcorn, Siggy's yogurt, more water. She eats very healthy. I mean, I guess if you're on the road, you sort of have to like go crazy about eating healthy or you'll just go and or you'll eat really unhealthy. Yeah, probably. Um, and then because she's like the big foodie on her team, she always chooses what restaurants that they go to while they're in different cities. So she chooses a place called Ceviche's by Divino, even though she doesn't even eat seafood. She says she's never tried ceviche, but hmm. she thinks her friends will like it, I guess. I don't know. Oh, that's nice. So she gets a vegetarian ceviche, which I don't even know what that means. I feel like it's like ceviche, but made with like hearts of palm or something. Oh yeah, hearts of palm, like citrus, maybe. I don't know, something weird. Uh, 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 and then let's see. Okay, then they go to New York the next day. This is so much. I would be so exhausted. Yeah. 
Um, they have a post shoot party at the Ritz. And I was a little confused as if she meant the Ritz Carlton hotel or the Ritz gay bar in Hell's Kitchen. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess if you say the Ritz and you're not a gay guy, you mean the Ritz Carlton hotel. I would assume. I don't know. There's, there's no link. No, it and and it says she has like mushroom tacos with hot sauce. Uh, it just seems like maybe it is the gay bar because that the the what they eat seems more like gay bar than fancy hotel. Um, wait, you said they got mushroom. Oh wait, no, that's at the hotel. Let's see, the hotel restaurant. The Let's see. The uh, oh, the post shoot drinks at the Ritz is margarita flatbread, cauliflower flatbread, and cheese from a charcuterie board. Yeah, I guess it probably is the hotel and Negronis. I mean, it, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's probably the hotel. The hotel, yeah. So this is like a if they're if the production is paying for them to have drinks at the Ritz Carlton, that's like pretty fancy for a reality show, wouldn't you think? I think I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, and they're in New York for a while. So she goes to like Cafe Mogador in Williamsburg, which I think is over. I that place has always been overrated to me. People love I it. I don't know it. It's like a it's been in the East Village forever, and then I think they opened one in Williamsburg, but it's like um it's like Moroccan brunch. It was like the first place where they would have like shakshuka in New York. Oh, okay. Uh and it's been around forever. And then I guess she's staying in Fort Greene. So she goes to like all these Fort Greene places um, wow. for all things good, which is like a Oaxacan place, uh, a grocery store called Greenville Garden. Um, and then, oh, because she's staying at an apartment, she's actually able to cook for the first time that week. Oh. And she makes Ali Slagle's sheet pan peta with sheet pan feta with chickpeas and tomatoes from rival publication new york times cooking it's pretty bold to not shout out a bon appetit recipe i think no they don't they make like are there is making like um oh god they're making they make uh new york times recipes all the time on the on this. in the receipt no i guess you're right yeah, i think so uh, i definitely cook out of new york times cooking more than i cook out of bon appetit oh my god uh and then she goes to drinks in williamsburg and then we're at the weekend she's doing fort green farmer's market she shouts out all the different fucking apple orchards or whatever okay uh and then she just that night is like her last night in town so she makes a quote-unquote use it up pasta with leftover groceries okay and then she gets the end of the week so she gets blackout drunk and um she says has four to five negronis oh at my their god rap party. Oof, that makes me sick it sounds like a lot yeah um and they have their rap party at this place called the ivory peacock which is in like the west 20 like it's like nomad area i i couldn't figure out what production i mean not even i don't even have a hint of like what show this I could see. be the ivory it says our well-earned rap party is at plume which is the basement of the ivory peacock an open bar 
with past apps. I mean, they're wow. having... this must be a big, I guess it's a big, it must be show. like HBO or Netflix or something. I think, I don't know. I just always think that like these are like, they're like so cheap. Yeah. Especially, I mean, she says unscripted docu-series, which to me, that's like euphemism for reality show. Right. And she's traveling to all these different. I mean, I could oh. see it being like a home renovation thing. Maybe. I don't know. The ivory peacock looks cute. It doesn't look. Um, it's the name. It sounds like really terrifying and grotesque, but then it's actually like a looks like it's like a pretty building. Yeah, look, like I looked at the. It just looks like a sort of a nice, you know, regular bar. Just yeah, but it doesn't like when I hear the ivory peacock, my mind goes to something. Actually, it kind of does look. Now that I think about it, it does kind of look like the ivory peacock. What I think the ivory peacock would look like. um yeah no it does but whatever more power to them it's probably not that expensive for these people for the production company to show up yeah i wish i knew what i just don't know how this shit works and i like that the receipt this week sort of went out on a limb and did something different but I, i i think in all in all i like it better when you really get to know like someone's home life and like their community rather than just traveling. Yeah. It's not really as interesting. Cause it's like, well, okay. It's like just a bunch of like random places you go when you're like on the road. Yeah. And I mean, it does sound like she kind of tried to like, it sounds like she's on the road a lot. So she's like trying to like incorporate, you know, it's like her way of doing it. It's not like, it's not like a new, it's not like a foreign thing for her. Yeah, and she knows how to because I think if you're not used to traveling or you only, you know, travel once or twice a year, you, your body just like goes into shock as far as like food. Yeah, I think so too. And so she see yeah, she seems like very good at balancing like going out, eating restaurant food, drinking, and then being like, Okay, I'm just having like nuts and yogurt for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not the most interesting receipt, but um, it really makes me um, glad I am not a reality show producer and work 16-hour days because I would be exhausted. I would too. I couldn't do it. I, my, when I worked in like that something like it, when I was like a stylist assistant, it was absolutely exhausting um and so stressful and yeah those people would always like get like super blackout drunk like at the end Mm -hmm. of the thing and it was just like i don't think it's like a healthy life no i think all that stuff like i mean anyone who's yeah any job that you have to work 12 to 16 hour days no matter what you're doing it's like not healthy it's not good for you but people like it yeah i think there's definitely people who they don't know what to do with themselves when they're not working so it's like same with like yeah. people that work at restaurants. Yeah, they're those people are intense too. All right, let's like plow through this list. Yeah. All right. Uh cool. All right. What was your best of the week? Um, so my best of the week was actually like just something that I thought was interesting. I don't know. It's not um it's not even like 
something that I actually think is good. But we have this um, sex article, another magic trick for reviving mm. your sex life. And there's this kind of list of things that you're supposed to. It says start with savoring. And there's something that they suggest, which is to have temporal awareness, which just means to like be aware of like how short your life is and to focus on the idea that you're like choosing to spend your time like experiencing and like savoring this moment. And honestly, to be honest, I think that if I was like having sex and I decided like, I'm going to become super aware of like being in the, if I was like, time is short, I would like be freaking out. Mm -hmm. Although I guess like sex and death are linked. But time oh, for sure. is too much of a head fuck for me. Like, it's too stressful. But I like the idea of, like, incorporating temporal awareness into your life in general. Not necessarily. I mean, yeah, if that helps with, like, your sex life, yes. But also just to, like, think about yourself in relation to time. I like it as a concept. Yeah, I I mean this article was my craziest. Uh Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> because it it was sort of all over the place because it was like it was supposed to be like, you know, sex sex tips to make your sex life better or whatever. But then she's like quote, quoting like Audre Lorde and like having all these like big profound sort of revelations. And then the the temporal awareness I feel like it's a double-edged sword because I I do like sometimes to to be like this is how i'm spending my time and you know appreciating you know every day that you have and that like life is fleeting or whatever but that awareness can get for me at least it can get dark really quickly if you think about it too much well yeah i mean i think that's like a natural yeah like that's why the time is not like a pleasant thing to consider usually because like there's an end to it for us yeah. Um, and like that's why people are like looking for like eternity and like religion or whatever um if anything I think if you're having sex or like engaging in something that's like very pleasurable I don't even think I think sex is like two is like one thing I also feel like you can have these moments when you're like engaging with like art or literature or whatever or, like even like a really good conversation with a friend like the idea is to be like incredibly like plugged in and fully immersed in the thing that's in front of you and in the moment and not to be thinking of yourself as like a mortal being, but just to like, just to like be present. Yeah. And I think that that's, yeah, that's sort of useful for anything in life. Cause like if you, I mean, and they also, she goes into like um, sensory perceptional sharpening, which is sort of just another way of saying mindfulness uh mm -hmm. and then she's talking about sex specifically but but i think that mindfulness like i mean you know we've talked about a million articles where they talk about mindfulness and like whether it's you know cutting an onion and like you know 
really concentrating on that or washing the dishes or whatever it is it it is like useful to just like concentrate on one thing at a time and it's like so um hard to do that in our you know modern age yeah it's uh, like um it's hard to focus on the thing that's in front of you but I, I don't know again I feel like that's the reason people are usually like having sex in the first place is because like they need to like detach from this I don't know the real to get world. out of yeah they're about yeah, to like to, to get feel something stuff. yeah yeah <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we're just insane, but I don't think so. I think that that's pretty normal. Uh, yeah, it's like the like concentrating on one very intense form of pleasure allows your mind to focus. Um, but then there's a lot of times you're having sex and it's your mind is all over the place. So, I guess yeah. Uh, I, guess, I don't know i thought it was an interesting concept that's why it's my best but i yeah, don't yeah. really know if i agree with it. it yeah i liked part of it but then i was like i don't really need to read this book and then um the oh there's no way in hell i'm reading this book and then when she's talking about like the erotic is a measure between the beginnings of our sense of self and the chaos of our strongest feelings um and like um a lot of people whose bodies and sexualities defy the handbooks they were given at birth already have practice at ignoring the rules and choosing for themselves. LGBTQIA two plus folks. What is the two? two oh, that's two spirit. Okay. BIPOC folks, lots of disabled or neurodivergent folks, fat folks and aging folks. It's like, what is this 2020? Like, why are we still saying folks? Also, um, it's like by the end of that list, it's like, is there anyone who's not on that list? Just Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> or she's aging now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's an aging folk. She's an aging folk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, may they will have said the pro that what happens is you already, if you're one of these, you know, um repressed groups of people, you already know that you can choose what you like outside the limited offerings of the sex imperatives because your body's already so disgusting that you like, I don't know what she's, is she saying that like people that are aging or disabled or fat are like already, um, uh, they're trans, like they're, they're transcending, or transgressing, I guess is the word, like norms. Is I have no you're... idea, but I, I just believe that younger, more attractive people are having more sex and have less hangups about it than less attractive people. Well, it's either, yeah, really young and really attractive or like really old and unattractive. It's like, and like, don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Mm hmm. But yeah, the 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 con the use of folks like I was like, oh wow, that's like flashback oh, to like, two folks years ago. Is with an X. Oh no, that that would have been really funny. She she does she does spell it the traditional way. F -O -L -K -S. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. So she's heterodox. She's yeah, yeah. She's a little a little um catnip for the the conservatives. Just yeah, saying she folks. folks normal normally. Uh, oh my god, I saw it was. I really don't know if it was a joke or not. But I saw the word Irish X, meaning, <laughs> and I was like, I don't, this is like so funny if it's a joke or not a joke. 
<laughs> yeah either way it's funny it's really funny i was like oh, yeah. good for them yeah um okay so yeah that's you know it's good it's the best it's the craziest it's um i mean it's something where it's like it it encourages conversation it does and oh her name is emily nagoski phd and oh phd from where uh they don't say wait it might say if i click the link it is dun, 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 dun. um author of new york times bestseller come as you oh that's what the book is called come as you are the surprising new science that will transform your sex life oh this is the woman oh my god there was an article about her in the new york times that she's the sex therapist who talks about her relationship and then I didn't read the article, but apparently her relationship ended really badly and like all of her, like, like the, the things that she was talking about, like, it's like talking about how you're so, um, you know, evolved and you have this great sex life and great relationship. And then it, it all like comes apart. I recognize her. She does. She definitely has, Wait, a, but she wrote about, she wrote about it from the perspective of like, it all came apart. Right. Or she didn't write about it. Like it's great. And then it came apart. No, I think she wrote about it. Like it's great. And then I don't know if her new book is about the end of the relationship. All I saw was, it was like the New York times. and was like this sex therapist, like got a dose of her own medicine or something. I don't know. Yeah. And she definitely has like, a hairstyle and a face that you're like, oh yeah, you definitely say folks in your daily life. Let's see. Interesting. Um, All right. Well, you know, good for her. I hope that. Yeah. Now I want to read that article. Yeah, me too. She, it doesn't say where she got her PhD. Interesting. Um. All right. So my best, my best was just Gwyneth's little book recommendation, opening salvo. Uh, yeah i enjoyed that myself although i will not probably read any of those books i mean i probably won't either i do it, it was like the the goop book club at the time i like did not cherish it the way i should have because i now when all goop is is just selling products even something like a book club seems so out of the realm of something i know they would even do it's anymore. like it's it's just tr it's now it's like full this podcast is just so hard now because it's like literally full shop online it's now. a shop yeah uh but she gwyneth had asked asked for book recommendations so she let's see she read trust by hernan diaz which won the pulitzer which prize I also i purchased that book which i like never buy books like that yeah it looks good and i, I do want to read it because i've been wanting to read it and I was like, I'll read it over my break. I didn't at all. And now there's literally no way in hell I'm reading. Yeah, you won't have time until, until June. Um, the next book. Well, I'm finishing that Oscar book, and then I'm going to read the new. I have the new Zadie Smith book on my bedside table, oh, and yeah. I I will. That's the next thing I'm reading. Mm. But Gwyneth read the new. Have you read any of the Jasmine Ward's books? The what? Her name's Jasmine Ward. She like has won. She's already won the Pulitzer like twice. She's like this young author that's apparently very good. I've never read anything by her. No. Uh, and then Barbara Kingsolver's Demon Copperhead. 
that was another one that I kind of wanted to read, but I was kind of like, I don't actually think I want to read this. I just like feel like I should read it. I've never even read David Copperfield. So I feel like I can't read that without having read David Copperfield. So I'm like, what's the point? Or like the bees or whatever. Wasn't her other book like the bees? Uh, Bean trees was her big one. What was it? Well, bean tree. The bean trees was like in the 90s. It was like a big book. Wait, what's her, what's Barbara? Barbara Kingsolver. And then Poisonwood Bible is another the big Poisonwood one. The Poisonwood Bible, yeah. Yeah. And then this one is like based on David Copperfield, but it's like reimagining David Copperfield as this like Appalachian fentanyl addicted like I don't think you boy. have to read. I I don't really I doubt you'd have to read it to get it. Maybe. Um and then she wants to read the new Tommy Orange book, which I read his like previous novel that was really good. It was about all these like different Native American characters in Oakland uh, converging on this like Native American festival in the Oakland Coliseum. I don't know. It was really good. Uh, and then a bunch of memoirs by people that I don't know who they are. Yeah. Well, you know. I do. The, uh, so out of all those, I think I would like to read Trust. But again, I don't know when I'll get to it. All right. What's uh, what's your worst? I think Goop Kitchen is literally going out of business. Because of the amount of emails that we get begging the us amount- to order from of emails the quality of the food the desperate the growing mounting desperation i just don't have a good feeling about it like i feel like this is going this is not going well i mean they expanded it's like they had the santa monica one they have the one in north hollywood but then they open i mean they open in beverly hills which i'm like just get the like that's so close to santa monica yeah. Uh, and I think they opened like a Venice one and a Culver City. It was like so many close together. And then the one in Orange County, I just don't think that there's like the audience, unless you're like working at an office and your whole office like orders from Goop Kitchen. Oh. I just feel like there's not much of an audience there for it. Um. Yeah, I agree. There's... um. I just think that, and also then with the thing, with the cleanse, okay, the cleanse is like all ordering from Goop Kitchen. Like, this is desperation if I've ever seen it. They they went too far. They fucked up. Yeah, don't miss $5 off the January challenge. No one is doing this. No, a challenge to order from the same restaurant every day. Because I feel like no one does cleanses anymore. It's it's seems, seems the whole the thing seems cleanses, very dated. Cleanses are passe. And that type of like office salad bowl thing, like I feel like sweet green is again, like I mean, maybe sweet green is gonna do well in places like Madison, Wisconsin or Louisville, Kentucky, but I feel like that whole genre of restaurant is is just passe and goop kitchen was like late to join the party i mean passe is like they were never like i mean i guess sweet green sweet green was always for like 
the corporate class. Like yeah, but- spring was never like cutting edge or anything no and it wasn't like you know the food blogs were talking about or whatever but i remember when that first sweet green opened in new york it was like because it was before that we just had you know just salad dig which back then was called dig in and like i remember people were like oh sweet green sweet green sweet green like this is like this is changing everything like it's like a salad an office salad but good uh, I mean, yeah, and I still think it's like kind of like less depressing and disgusting than like those other places. For sure, but I it's like definitely like in the. It's like fully in that category of like fast casual like office lunch places. Yeah, and it's also for people for single people who don't cook who have eating disorders. Yeah, but because I mean, I, I'm sure it's like I feel like it's mostly like lunches. Lunches. Well, I would just my friend that I play tennis with, who's like um late fifties gay guy who I think probably has an eating disorder. He and he doesn't cook. He orders sweet green like every night for dinner. So I think I go to sweet green like twice a month. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think one, I've been in right, two years, three years. There's one like right around the corner from tish Mm. and um it's just easy it's easy and it's like healthy like if you don't want to go to like raising canes or something yeah yeah you go there um back Um, in the stone age when i went to tish there was a place right on astra place called i think karen it was just called karen's market and it was like a old school like vegetarian takeout place that I think was probably popular. It like closed probably in 2002, but that's what we used to get for lunch breaks. And it was so good. And it was just like, you know, 12 grain bread with like avocado and sprouts. I loved it. Yeah. It's mostly like now everything is mostly just like sort of like chains or like weird little like new, like that, like, I don't know what I forget. It's not just salad. It's like, Fresh and Co. There's oh yeah, like that's yeah, yeah. Fresh and Co. But sometimes yeah. those Fresh and Co. ones are good because you get like a like bacon ranch southwestern salad and stuff, and it's there. Okay. Yeah, there's and there's that. There's like Pret a Manger, Sweet Green, Raisin Cane's, McDonald's. Like that's like what's right there. Yeah, have I've never I've never been to Raisin Cane's. It's good. Um. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I feel like the young people go there all the time. I can't go as much. I can't go there all the mm. time, but the like young twenty-year-old hotties can eat it. Ooh, I want to try. It's like, yeah. It's just chicken fingers. Yeah, it's just mm. chicken fingers. Uh, all right. Who did you say your worst? Well, my worst is just my prediction that good oh, kitchen. Closed. Oh yes, yes, yes. It's gonna. I think. Do you think by the end of twenty twenty four it'll be closed? I think. I mean, I think it's not coming, like soon. Soon, but it could also be just a vanity. Like they could just keep it going at a loss. Because yeah, I feel like Gwyneth Paltrow could have could just like keep it going for as long as she wants to, and maybe maybe it's profitable. I mean, maybe they're cutting so many corners the quality is so low that it's just like it's so cheap for them to do it that they're making money yeah but if she had just and i'm telling you the problem is 
the ghost kitchen thing. The ghost kitchen. It's the also office too- lunch element of it. It's like make this. I'm sure, you know what? I, I take it back. I'm sure that there are still like girls who like get goop kitchen every day sent to their office. There has to be in I like mean, Santa Monica. Probably. There I just feel like be. goop has such a patina of like inaccessibility and luxury that when you're charging $13 for a salad, the same as sweet green or whatever, and then there's an Erewhon that is like, they've done a good job branding themselves as like the most inaccessible luxurious place to like get that type of lunch goop kitchen is not going to be able to compete but goop kitchen is cheaper that's what i'm saying like you don't want it to be cheaper like you want it to be the most expensive you want it to be like the most inaccessible if you're goop maybe not i don't know and also you can't get erewhon on doordash yeah i think it's like they'll deliver it um actually you can get it on postmates oh you can yeah i used to see it on postmates all the time and like think about ordering it and then being like you're literally crazy stop this right now it's good but like you are truly crazy if you get one because it's like a salmon bowl with two sides is i mean before the delivery fees before anything you're talking 30 dollars base price and for like this like stupid shit. Yeah. And yeah, I actually I hate Erewhon. The only thing I ever got from there were smoothies and I didn't get them very often. Uh All right. My my worst was just the the Valentine's Day gift guide. Now, according to Goop, you're not only supposed to buy your romantic partner something for Valentine's Day, but apparently it's like Christmas now and you're just supposed to buy everyone something for Valentine's Day. Well, I guess that's just because they sell things. They sell things, yeah. So one lady, because it's all these Goop employees that are like talking about what they're getting for Valentine's Day. So one lady's like, for my friends, um, I love getting, I'm obsessed with these PJs and lip balm. So she's getting all of her friends PJs and lip balm. Okay. Uh, then the CFO of Goop, she actually is giving her partner or her husband. She's pretty vague. She just says, and I'm excited to try some new products and make this year's V-Day date fun and memorable. Okay. Okay. Then the senior director of retail operations, uh, his name's Matthew Blythe. He talks about his mother and his wife. That's yeah, I saw that it was like what I'm getting my wife and my mother. Like, what's Same wrong? Same difference. With I can't tell them apart. Yeah, I think you're insane. Uh and she just he just says, I'm choosing gifts that bring a touch of indulgence, luxuries they wouldn't treat themselves to. Okay. Oh, and then Denise John, who is, you know, as we all know, Gerda's less than impressive replacement. Um, yeah. she is just talking about giving herself fucking dildos she's like yeah and then there always has to be some woman where they're like say you're gonna give yourself a dildo and she's like i don't want to do that and they're like say it (laughs) you gotta move these dildos although weren't you saying that the dildo some i heard the dildos are like their top selling products that's what i i don't know if i've like i've definitely heard that but i don't know who from or what the sources i heard it from somewhere but I don't yeah. know. I believe it. I know people who bought their dildos. Goop. 
Uh, and they like them? No, they don't. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. What's your uh, craziest or your saddest? My craziest. Oh, my scariest mm. is Tracy Anderson's at-home workout machine. Did you see it? No. It's called a My Mode. It literally looks like a weird, like European S and M torture device. It's a wood block, and it has like a large wooden pole, these like wooden looking hand weights, and some mysterious like gears and cranks, and like some pad, just like lots of ropes and pads, and you buy just all this shit from her and you can use it to do tracy anderson workouts in the comfort of your own home and it costs two thousand six hundred and twenty nine dollars and you cannot get a refund on it final sale yeah it looks like those like wooden toys that like liberal parents buy their kids yeah that they don't want to use plastic or something yeah, it says you have a staff which clinks into a puck on the ground or sockets in the box and doubles as a barbell with the addition of attachable weights, a plush pad for kneeling movements, and a pair of three-pound hand weights. If the workout sounds a bit abstract, let Tracy demystify it. This equipment goes along with tailor-made workouts on Tracy Anderson's online studio, which is like an additional like hundred dollars a month. So it's like you are paying so much money for this for like a wooden separately for on-demand and live stream classes. I I mean, is it that hard to just do some jumping jacks? I don't know. I don't know why you'd have to do this. I mean, Tracy talk about inaccessible this shit is so expensive we had i had a ta studio in my old um neighborhood and i was like maybe i'll join that and i was like i will not it was like <laughs> i can't remember how much it cost but it was like something insane it was like four hundred dollars a month or something yeah that's uh that's crazy and people i'm sorry like maybe some people will really like this but for most people in order to stay with an exercise program, it just has to be like simple and easy to do. It's just, yeah, it's too complicated. It's too insane. Did I mean, you... I think you have to like get into like the cult of it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's... Did you, we saw, so I think someone sent us that little video of like her daughter, like she's like trying to make her daughter like a pop star and it just comes across as like, like Nazi youth Lenny Riefenstahl shit. I don't think I saw that. You didn't someone, I, I think that. one of our listeners sent us a video of like, it was like this creepy blonde teenage girl like singing. And we were like, why is this on Tracy Anderson's Instagram account? But it's her daughter like trying to break into the industry. I can't even begin to unpack that. It's honestly, it's so sad. She, I mean, it's like pathological. I mean, I guess if you are any sort of exercise influencer, you are probably going to have to have like an eating disorder because your livelihood depends on you looking perfect. But they did they did take her diet advice off the website. Oh yeah, the like eat half a pro or eat half a Tracy Anderson bar. You were supposed to I still remember it though. You were supposed to have like a scoop of protein powder mixed into iced tea in the morning or you could have like a small bowl of berries and then for lunch you were supposed to have a salad 
just like a green salad with like some protein on it, basically. And um, then for dinner, again, you're supposed to have like fish and steamed vegetables. It wasn't that crazy, but mm. it was pretty low calorie. Yeah. And like pretty no, no room for fun. She said you could have like one square of dark chocolate every night as they all do. And she also said you could have one to two glasses of wine a day. <laughs> oh, all right. That's like four hour body. You're allowed two glasses of wine a day. Yeah. I feel like, um, well, I don't know. I guess it depends um, if you really like it, but um, because it's only like, that would only be like two or 300 calories. Yeah. And if you're just eating like fish and vegetables and protein powder, you probably have a fair amount of calories. You have a little bit of room. Yeah. I had a glass of wine last night because I made chicken piccata and I had to use some wine to cook it with so yeah i feel like i think i'm gonna have a glass of wine tonight i haven't had well you know i have to limit alcohol now oh because of your new south beach lifestyle yeah which i'm like only kind of halfway doing that's all right any little bit counts yeah um but i have to limit alcohol but we'll see uh uh, uh, uh. all right i already said my craziest so now oh yeah your craziest was that the sex one my so thing would I would try was, oh, I mean, I wouldn't really, this originally was my craziest. And then I was like, I guess I'll just say something I would try, but the crazy, the cozy comfort meals. Oh. Um, I mean, there's just something to me that's like depressing when they're like, it's worse to me than if there's like a, a really like orthorexic fucked up recipe with like 5 million ingredients it's sadder to me when they're like here's how you can make like some like decadent shit and try to make it taste like you know real food but you're actually making it it's like gluten-free and whatever like that makes me that makes me depressed thinking of these women like trying to make themselves like a hassleback potato or something yeah it's like just don't just don't even do it honestly just like eat your salad the grossest one was so this is a australian chef named josh emmett the grossest one to me was the mac and cheese because it well it was like gluten-free pasta which fine if you have like a gluten allergy or whatever and then it still has a ton of cheese but then he puts half, it was like half a cup of cornstarch instead of making a roux. Oh, cause you can't use flour. Cause you can't use flour. And so I'm like, it's just going to taste like, like the consistency of like Chinese food. That's the only thing I could think of. Like that, yeah, you know, like cornstarch corn texture. Starch. I was like, that sounds so disgusting. Uh, but granted, I, I think I would just not make, well, I guess, how do you make a, how I mean, do you, you could, make cheese sauce if you can't use flour well you, you could do southern style mac and cheese and just that, and use gluten-free pasta and not make a roux if you're still using real cheese then but how do you make it because you mix so you're supposed to like make like a bechamel sauce and then also use real shredded cheese in, in it as well uh yeah there's like a bit ba- there's like a type of mac and cheese that's baked and that you just use cheese and cream and you don't make any sort of roux or bechamel sauce. I feel like we could do that. Okay. Because usually with that baked mac and cheese, there's also the bechamel sauce. There is, oh, maybe I'm misremembering. But you know who has a really good mac and cheese? <laughs> a stovetop mac and cheese recipe that doesn't have a that doesn't have a roux is um Allison Roman. 
Oh, I've had that one before. It is really good. It is really good. Yeah. I almost decided to like pay for the Allison Roman newsletter because she, she, she has this like mushroom soup recipe that's like behind a paywall and it looks so good. I wanted to try it, but yeah, I can't spend another fucking $5 on anything. I'm not spending any more money. I just, I, I can't even talk about, I, I just signed up for another subscription service, which it turned out we already had because I couldn't figure out like, <laughs> where it was. And it turned out Brian had it on some weird thing. And I, I just wanted to find out the name of this one movie that was on a documentary on Shutter of all places. And I was like, I was like, I have to know what this is. And so I just paid the $6 so I could like watch it. And then I couldn't even find it. And then I had to just Google it and I found it Googling it. And this is, and I'm going to keep the subscription for the next two years. <laughs> I just know it. Uh, yeah. Shutter's one that, well, cause I do have AMC plus, which I probably should just delete because I don't watch it. Um, and shutters on that, but I don't watch anything. I only watch tennis. So it doesn't really, I should just get rid of everything. Cause I just only watch tennis. So yeah, it makes no sense. Um, but yeah. Okay. Long story short, the thing I would try is this fucking crazy guys. Um, the chicken orzo bake does look really good. Yeah, it does look good. And it's not like, it's not a diet food at all. No. Uh, but I, I went back and I had carbs with dinner this week. Cause I made this like Italian bread soup and it fucked with my stomach. I really, like, I really think I, I need to like limit carbs in that in the evening. So you I wouldn't, I wouldn't do the orzo. I would, I would, I would do cauliflower and then I don't know how I would change the recipe, but how did the carbs affect your stomach? I, I mean, just like, you know, gas being uncomfortable. It was like, yeah, I don't know. And then last night, all I had was chicken piccata, which did have some, cause you, you drench it in flour. So it did have some carbs, but then I just had the chicken breasts with salad and I felt beautiful all night. So I don't know. It's got to be the carbs. Maybe it was the, but also that fucking soup, that bread soup also had like beans and kale and stuff. So who knows? I'm going to blame the carbs though. Well, beans and kale are carbs too. Those are, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I meant bread specifically or starch. Um, um, all right. Bye. What will we buy? Oh, I would buy the Rahua. Oh man, I can't even read my own writing. I think it says Enchanted Island Body Glow Wash for $30. It looks really nice. It looks like it smells really good. Rahua. And I actually don't need body wash at the moment. But yeah, Enchanted Island. I like it because it's called Enchanted Island and because it has glow. It's yeah. a creamy body cleanser. It leaves skin silky. It's their first ever body collection exclusively on Goop for a limited time. Made with a nourishing blend of rainforest derived ingredients. Like, I can't read it. That stuff I can't read. But what does it smell like? It smells like coconut and guava. That sounds, oh God, that's great. Yeah. I love an, oh God, an island smell. Me too, especially in like the dead of winter when you want to kill yourself. Yes. Uh, um, I I just always, oh so oh, sorry. 
No, I was just going to say my body wash that I've just had for a couple of years now that I like is just the Jason Rosewater one that you can get at Whole Foods. Yeah, I just get a similar. I can't remember. I think it's called like, I can't remember what it's called. It's like a little, it's like a white, like rectangle mm-hmm. bottle. And it's like lavender or something. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah, a yeah. clean one, from, but, but you get it from the drugstore. Uh all right, what I would buy? Oh, from the uh, the Valentine's Day gift guide, there's um a thirteen hundred dollar tiny little wine fridge. I used to want a wine fridge so bad when I was like really into wine, but now I don't. Yeah, I don't really. I mean, I had a wine fridge. I had a tiny. I little remember wine when fridge. you had that wine yeah. fridge right after you guys got married because you had all those bottles of champagne. That's right, and it, it was at Costco. It was two hundred dollars. And it was a little fridge and it was great for a time. And then it just, the engine, it just completely pooped out after a couple of years. So I threw it away and I didn't really need to replace it. Yeah. Uh, but the only thing is, yeah, in LA, in the summer, it, unless you, you're cranking the AC on all the time, it's, you really can't like store wine in your apartment because it'll just get too hot. So that's, yeah. I mean, I also like, like usually just keep bottles of wine in my fridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I keep red wine in the fridge too, and then I just like take it out and let it come to room temperature a little bit. I mean, you should always serve red wine at a little bit under room temperature, so you're probably yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, well, some of it is room temperature and some of it is actually cellar temperature which is uh-huh. that's what I, I kept my wine fr- wine fridge at at cellar temp or i tried to there at least go. yeah uh okay guys this okay, is my brain my brain left. i literally have no brain cells left i think we're good i think we this is like the longest podcast again another insanely long podcast whatever that's fine uh all right guys uh hope you enjoyed it thanks for listening um if you want you know more uh goop yourself please go to our patreon and uh join you know five dollars a month there's like i think like 70 or 80 episodes on there now so it's a lot we have so many episodes of the show guys okay um this was a free one though right yes okay thanks for listening and uh we'll talk to you soon bye bye How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.